0: Father, we love you and we adore you. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the Father of Jesus Yeshua. You are the Father of Peter and Paul and John, and you are the Father of us. And before the foundations of the world, you ordained that we would be alive in the world in this most highly significant and prophetic season. You chose every one of these brothers and sisters to be alive right now. And that is no small thing. So I agree with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I honor the brothers and sisters here. I honor the hunger in their hearts, their love of you, and your massive grace and love for them. We wave the banner of the blood covenant over us all. And this is your time. This is your time to meet with the people in this tabernacle that we have prepared. And we tell you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we'd love for you to be yourself and be free. This is a special moment on your calendar, God. And we come to learn from you, your heart, and to step in to agree with you we promise you that we welcome you Holy Spirit to be yourself any and all the ways you want to express yourself and we promise for every good thing we know it goes to you alone there's power in agreement Jesus you said so and you always speak the truth so my friend we want to agree with you So, would you please put your hand on your heart, and would you pretty please repeat after me? Oh, Holy Spirit, Spirit. please give me the power power. to receive receive. all the love love. Jesus Jesus has for me. Oh, Holy Spirit. Please give me the power to believe all the love he has for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thanks for your agreement. Listen to the beauty of this. Truly. No man can ransom another or give to God the price of another's life. For the ransom of that life is costly and it could never suffice so that that person could have eternal life and never see the pit. Listen again. King David, Psalm 49. Truly, no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life for the ransom of that other life is costly and it can never suffice so that that life could go on eternally and they would never see the pit. Tonight, I want to invite you into the heart of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to invite you into the deep place of their heart. And it's the deep place of their heart for the fall feast. For their heart is not about details and history and traditions and customs, though those are important. But those are not heart matters. In Genesis 1, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit laid bare their hearts when they breathed life into man and said, In our image, be. And everything from Genesis to Revelation is guided by that one prophetic and my friends if ever you're reading scripture and you think I don't understand this line it up with that what does that teach me about how I can be in his image because that's the greatest prophetic word you will ever hear you will never get a greater prophetic word in a dream in a vision or from any man on the face of this earth than the words of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that said you were created in our image be. And so I want to give you a heart's view of God's calendar. It's not Jewish feasts and Jewish calendars. It's not Hebraic feasts. These are the feasts of the Lord. And they are so much a part of his heart that he says, even after Jesus the Messiah comes, we will still celebrate certain feasts. So take a journey into his heart. We just finished, and it's okay if you don't know some of the words. Just get the heart message. We just finished the month of Elul. And it had one overriding theme that the king had such a heart for his people that he left his throne and he came down in the fields to meet with people and to hear their heart's desires. There was to be no protocol. There were no guards. There could be no one else. It was the king himself leaving his palace to come leaving his place of authority and rule and dominion, coming to say, I want to meet you face to face. Please tell me what's on your heart right now. And then this past Friday night, we celebrated Rosh Hashanah. Some say Rosh Hashanah. No right or wrong. And on that day, the king has gathered into his very being all the heart's desires of all his people. And he has all of his heart's desires for his people. And now he goes to his throne to weave them together so that he can proclaim for the next year His strategies, his plans, so that your heart's desires and his heart's desires can dovetail and weave, and you can see things be birthed with ease. And now, we are in the ten days of awe, and it's this connection that you are aware that the Most High God, Hashem Himself, wants to meet with you. He wanted to hear all your heart's desires. And now on his throne, he has one goal. How can I, how can I give. Sherry, her heart's desires and my heart's desires, how do I weave these together for Jim and for Ann and for Jenny and Connie? How do I take everything in their heart and mine and weave it together? And now that you know this is where his heart is right now, we step into 10 days of being awestruck. Absolutely. Absolutely awestruck. There's a Jewish analogy that says by this time of the year, a year ago we were like a shiny coin. But in the last 12 months, the atmosphere and the air of this earth has tarnished us a bit. And we've lost some of our original radiance. And that we need these 10 days of all to polish us up. To remember the original radiance that God sees in you as his image. Psalm 107 says, who is wise among you? The one who meditates on the steadfast love of the Lord. The one who has great knowledge, understanding, and the the one who meditates on the steadfast love of the Lord. Because that person will see the heart beyond all the cognitive interpretations and theologies and doctrines and tradition. That person will see the heart of God himself. So you're in the 10 days of awe right now. And ideally, in your heart, this would be a time when you would say, you know what? (laughs) Until sundown, September 28th, I'm not even going to think about me. I am going to soak and saturate in these days just thinking about the goodness of God and the greatness of God and the majesty of God and the humility of God, that he wants me to be in his image? You see, in the Hebrew, the picture is that the father is here, and he's reached into his very essence and he's created his son and then he reaches into his essence and he creates the holy spirit and the three of them are there but they're not in a tight circle there's an empty place in the circle and they're going in our image be come you complete us that's what john the beloved said in first john chapter four That when we are in this moving with a passion to be in his image, which is love, they feel complete. Their humility has chosen that they will not feel complete until you stand in the circle with them. And you're growing in the mind of Christ, in the heart of Christ, in the faith of Christ, in the humility of Christ. And you're in oneness with them. And the days of awe are when you're like, who am I? Not who am I with degradation, but who am I that God wants to lift me to say, stand in the circle with me, child. Because you see, he just wants to be close to you. We think his passion is reaching the world. We think his passion is signs and wonders. We think his passion is this and this and this. Yeah, but it's not his greatest passion if you really read scripture. That wasn't the most passionate prayer of his son Christ. It was Would you please be known by love? And yes, everything else will flow out of that. But please be one with me. Please. When Jesus said, abide with me, he was really pleading, going, please, please. I just want to be close to you. Will you abide with me like a a branch and a vine that just has the same life flow? So at the end of the ten days of awe, sundown, we have Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. and That's when everyone would come. And the high priest would speak the sins of the people and the nation over the scapegoat and if the scapegoat ran away and didn't come back, they knew they were forgiven, and it was prophetic of the cross. And, and yet it, it's an unusual day because some people will say, oh, these days are about heavy, intense repentance, and I, I, I don't think so. I think when you've spent 10 days in awe of him, And now you're coming to just kind of empty your soul of any glitches and sins and missing the marks. It's not sackcloth and ashes. You are so lost in the wonder of him. You're so full of light because you see his goodness. You've been meditating on his grace and his mercy. And then you see, oh, I messed up with that. Oh, great. And I love the Jewish tag phrase that, that says, for the moment, I lost my mind. I forgot how much you love me, and I forgot how deeply you wanted to be in oneness with me. And that's really what happens when we sin, get discouraged, we doubt, we get insecure. We, you know what I'm saying? When we get in the muck and mire, We just lose our mind, our holy mind that says, I love you. I want to be with you. That's all I want is to just be with you. And out of that intimacy and that love relationship, yes, everything. the letters in Revelation would describe these days of awe and Yom Kippur as, please return to your first love. Don't, don't be so busy about the business of the kingdom that you have lost growing in intimacy with him. I never think anything is higher than that. And then we come to the Feast of Tabernacles, That starts October 2nd. And tabernacle, it refers to when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and they lived in temporary shelters, and even the temple of God was temporary. They would set it up, pack it up, and it's how God in the wilderness tabernacled with them. He dwelt with them. And no matter how much they grumbled and complained, he never left them. And he turned the wilderness into the place of greatest miracles in the history of the world. You can't find any other nation, any other moment in history with as many miracles as happened in that wilderness. When over a million and a half people were fed from manna coming down from heaven, water from a rock, miraculous military victories, quail coming down, cloud by day, fire by night, And it was almost as if when they were walking, God would suck his glory into himself. And he would hold it until they stopped and they set up the tabernacle and he would... to be close with his people and when Jesus came to earth to tabernacle here he he just wanted to be close to you the longest prayer ever recorded by Jesus is in John chapter 17. And it is a prayer that will undo you if you read it in your heart. Listen to what Jesus asked the Father. O righteous Father, Even though the world doesn't know you, I know you. And these that you sent me, they know you. I have made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known so that the love that you have for me, Father, may be in them and I in them. Do you hear the vulnerability? Oh, Father, I've made your name known, the fullness of your personality and everything I know about you, Father. I've poured it into them. I've tabernacled with them, Father. But, Father, I have a request. I want Father, you know how you love me? I want them to love me like that. I don't know about you, but that does me vulnerability, his humility, and to think, oh, Father, awaken us to the potential of the power of love, of how greatly, greatly, greatly you can transform us so that we receive by the Holy Spirit A tenderness, a humility, a loyalty, a dignity. Where we love Jesus. So way beyond human realms. That somehow you are serious about us being in your image. And you will place inside of us when we make room a way to love Jesus. Father And that, that was that was a cry of Jesus before he went to the cross. He's been loving on everybody, praying for everybody, and then he gets down and we f- see the veil come back and he's going, Oh Father, if they'd just be one with us and one another, the whole world would know me. It's the only time he ever promised a worldwide revival. It's the only strategy he ever gave. And then you can feel his heart tenderizing as he's finishing up the prayer, and he's like, oh, Father. And he is all wisdom and all truth, and he only prays prayers that are definitely able to be answered. And he looked at you and he looked at me and he said, in our image be was spoken over you. You can love like we can love. And it will not be by your effort. It will not be by anything except will you receive? Will you long to love me? Like that. I love this quote by Henry Nowen. In true love, the smallest distance is too great. And the greatest distance can be bridged. Here again. In true love, the smallest distance is too great and the greatest distance can be bridged feast of tabernacles zechariah 14 says that it's so special to the heart of god that even after the Messiah comes, people will come from all nations to celebrate that God wanted to be close to his people. Dear ones, his love and value for you. Angelus Laeus is pondering in her journals, and she says, God, Satan, and the world, all three want me. Of what noble potential must I be? The fall feast. It's a heart of love. Saying, I want to hear your heart. I want you to see my heart. And I want you to know that my desire for oneness with you, to tabernacle with you, and you tabernacle with me is greater than you can comprehend. And he is desiring a relationship of synergy. For example... Sometimes we will look at the passage that says, Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And we say, Lord, I'm asking. Lord, I'm seeking. That's good. That's excellent. But do you understand that this word of God is a conversation? This isn't just history. He means this to be an interactive conversation. When you read this, you are reading the very words of Christ. For it is written, Christ is the word made flesh. And so this is what Christ would have said. And so if he wants me to be in oneness with him, then maybe the scripture is like a circle where I ask and I receive and I seek and I find and I knock and he opens and Maybe the next part of the circle is me saying, Father, ask whatever you want of me. And by the power of the Spirit, I promise you'll receive it. And Father, whatever you're seeking for today, I I pray you find it in me. And Father, you knock And I promise by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll swing wide every door, every gate, every portal, every realm of my life, past, present, and future, and say, come on in. Because I want you to have your prayers answered. Because what good is it if you're in love with someone and you get your prayers answered, but they don't? When you love, don't you want that person almost more than you want to get your own prayers answered? You you want them to have their prayers answered. You want them to have their hearts' desires. I know what I'm talking about. It's not talked about much, you know. It's just me. It's just what I know, and I know it's truth. But I also know that it's a journey. You know, we, like we talked last month, our spiritual journey is that Ezekiel 41 spiral staircase where I grow in my identity and I grow in using his authority as a king. I grow as a priest and releasing the power of the blood and connecting people to him. And I grow as his bride. And as I grow and grow, I mature in all those identities, wounds and questions and everything else just slowly falls off as I keep making that 360 identity in Christ. And at some point, a miracle happens and you're like, oh, Jesus, I. I just want you to have your heart's desires. What would make you happy today, Jesus? Because if you have a good day, I have no doubts. I'll have a quite an excellent day. In just a moment, I'm going <clears> to... <throat> invite you for a, um, a prophetic act that he whispered today, but let me tell you a little bit about it, okay? Jesus doesn't talk much about foods in a prophetic sense. The Bible doesn't, occasionally. But the ones that are strongest, you know, the bread and the wine, and the second is the pomegranate. A little tiny bit about a pomegranate. There's only one family of pomegranate. It's not like apples where you got Fuji and galas and Honeycrisp, and there's one family of a pomegranate. It was so special to the heart of God that He said to the priest, I I, I want you to weave pomegranates into the hem of the priest's garment. Weave it into it so that you cannot separate it from the garment. And when he told Solomon, build the temple, he said, Solomon, I want pomegranates carved into stone. Over 400 pomegranates were in Solomon's temple. Pomegranates, every pomegranate has 613 seeds. Do you realize one pomegranate has eternity inside of it? Endlessly, bigger than loaves and fishes' multiplication. Because in those 613 seeds, I can plant. 613 trees, and every tree comes up with tons of pomegranates. And then off of just even one seed in one tree, I've got all these pomegranates with 613 more seeds. And it goes on and on, and it's endless. It's the only fruit that is somewhat eternal. It doesn't end. And it's one of the few fruits that pests cannot touch. see, a pomegranate, it's like Isaiah 55, really. It's like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in oneness were a pomegranate. And inside of them, they carried the seeds for every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth forever and ever. And so planted a seed over here, and that seed was called Joy, and now Joy's grown up into a tree, and her tree, her life has tons of pomegranates on it, and now she's touching more people, and every time she touches a person, it's a seed for a pomegranate tree, and that seed never ends. See, the pomegranate represents the eternal, everlasting, unstoppable, unquenchable love of the Trinity in us and to us. So if I sow a seed, say, I give a prophetic word to somebody in Starbucks, drive through, I planted a seed. And when it changes him, he's going to become a pomegranate tree, and then he's going to share that fruit with somebody else. And somebody else. And you were created. You were created to multiply like God himself. And as surely as he has multiplied himself from generation to generation, and we've never run out of people on the earth yet, he just keeps multiplying in my image, be in my image, be. You are in his image. And he's saying, please be one with me. And this fall feast, be in awe of me. Let me set you free from those moments when you lost your mind and you lost a little bit of passion and clarity and direction. And and come, tabernacle with me. And in this season, let me put a seed in you that you've never had before. Because there is something about the fall feast, my friend. It is timed to the day of when Genesis 1 happened. And so every time we come to the fall feast, he's standing ready to birth the whole world anew. And to birth you anew. It's his love gift for you. In Song of Songs, in chapter 7, this wonderful statement, when the pomegranates are in bloom, then I will proclaim my love for you. You see, this is a season of heart. This is a season of believing that he sees you very differently than you see yourself. This is a season when he's weaving your heart's desires and his together. This is a season when he says, rest, enjoy. Just focus on my goodness and my love. Take 10 days of awe. And then on Yom Kippur next weekend, if anything floats to the surface that you need to repent about or you want healing from or what, just, I lost my mind when I did this, Father. I forgot to depend upon you. He goes, No problem. Go on. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da. Totally ta-da. So let's start new. This is what this is all about. But this time when you start new, start higher, where you know that Jesus Himself is praying because he's lonely. See, we don't think about that. He's lonely. Because he's praying for us to come into oneness. And he's praying that we will get the revelation that we're made in his image. And by running in humility, we can begin to be filled with a power of love. For we are so radiant, so transformed, we love Jesus with the purity and the depth and the vivaciousness and the courage of the Father. And just in case you think you have something in you that's a little bit too big for all of that, remember, in true love, the smallest distance is too great. Jesus is like, I I don't care. Just let me come close. I I don't want any distance between us. And the greatest distance, it can always be bridged.